You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 175, The First Bank of the United States. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, if you think of a bank as going in, seeing your teller, getting some cash out or maybe depositing some and heading on your way, maybe you pick up some checks, you are not thinking about the first bank of the United States that was founded back in 1791. Oh, so they had the ATMs where you can deposit the cash so you don't have to talk to anyone? Yeah, you could just drive through on your horse and carriage. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You could just deposit that right in there and... Isn't it weird? Okay, this is a total offshoot, but isn't it weird that you like put put money in an envelope and just like stick it in a slot and like, hey, no big deal. They'll probably figure it out. It'll be right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of course, now now they've got the ones that actually count your money. Right. Yeah. And yeah. read your checks. Those are awesome. Which is crazy because how do they know? Yeah. There's a little bit of a trust factor there, and well, I that's not what we're talking about. No. Not at all. Not at all. Hmm. So, First Bank of the United States, what year did you say it was? I said 1791, but that's when it was proposed. Oh my goodness. That's a long time ago. It is. So, in 1791, uh, Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, puts up a bunch of different ideas about, you know, making sure that the country is stable financially. And... He wants to uh, get financial order about things. He wants to get credit for the country. Um, nobody really trusts the country because we're brand new. So why should we loan you money? And also nobody in the country trusts each other because there's not really a solid form of banking. We're in a lot of debt <laughs> is an easy way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it crazy to think, okay, so we're in a lot of debt. Who are we in debt to? And then... That really is just a confusing topic that we may never cover because it doesn't really have anything to do with elections. And you're probably wondering, why are we talking about this anyway? How does this affect elections? Well, it does. We'll get into that. But isn't that weird? The whole national debt, who do we owe? You know, you hear people say, well, we owe China or we owe this country or that country. And those countries are in debt too. Everybody's in debt. <laughs> and it all has to do with the fact that, well, money isn't necessarily real. It's not real, Ben. And we're <laughs> going to talk about that throughout the week. <laughs> yeah. We're right after the war here, the Revolutionary War. And a lot of states are pretty far in debt. Actually, pretty much every state is in debt. But Hamilton's like, you know what? These states are never going to get out of debt. They're never going to be viable on their own if the federal government doesn't 
take on their debts. Um, we'll just you know propose that the federal government absorbs them and it adds to the national debt, and then we'll get it out of debt eventually. It'll be it'll be fine. Uh, but we also then need to like raise some money. Uh, we also need to make sure we have the the same currency amongst all our states because there definitely wasn't at the time. And so, uh, why don't we just go ahead and create a new a national bank? That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, they could have sold Girl Scout cookies. That's a good fundraiser. Do you think they would have been Girl Scout cookies at the time, or like some other kind of cookies? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. My three year old is really big into mint chipperoos, which I don't even know what mint chipperoos are, but it's because of a Sesame Street book. Oh, and that makes me very hungry thinking about it. (laughs) And sometimes you'll see the ironic thing is sometimes you'll see Girl Scouts outside like the grocery store that has a bank in it. I just can't get over just bringing it all back. Cookies and banks. It all it all does come back around. <laughs> but yeah, this was pretty controversial because Hamilton, he's got this idea of having the U.S. government have a bit of a bigger role than people like, oh, let's say, you know, our friend TJ, Thomas Jefferson. He wasn't a big fan of this. So the plan was that, and this happened before Congress even met for the first time. Hamilton's like, okay, let's have this bank, and it's not really a public thing. It's its own private entity. But it's going to be funded by the U.S. government. So what we're going to do here is we're going to have $10 million in stock, and the government would purchase the first 2 million shares that sounds good. You're going to buy 2 million of, of shares from your government that can't afford to establish a bank in the first place. But okay. <laughs> hey, why not? So Hamilton's like, okay, we don't have $2 million to put towards this $10 million that I just made up, but we're going to have the stock purchase be used and the bank is going to lend that money to us. And the loan will be paid back in annual installments. And then that other $8 million that we need, yeah, um, we're going to get some rich people and they're going to help fund this. And it's okay if they're foreign. And it's okay if they live in the new country, but it's really okay if they're foreign. So... The Let me first... just recap that for a minute, Jason. I just want to uh, really <laughs> emphasize the point to everyone. The The point is the government was going to buy $2 million in stock from the bank. In order to get the $2 million, they had to borrow it from the bank. So the government borrowed money that was not there to pay for stock of a bank that didn't exist. If you think it's screwed up now, (laughs) well, that's just my personal opinion. But if you think things are screwed up now, it was a little screwy then, too, because you're borrowing money to pay for money that is the money you borrowed. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to talk about money in this way because, let's face it, it's kind of a dry subject. But what you need to know is everybody owes somebody and they owe each other. And the money really isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So the concept of having a national bank is nothing new at this point. Uh, England had the Bank of England. 
but the first bank of the United States was unique because, like we said, it's a private company and it's temporary. So some of the other things that were, you know, provided that were uh, stipulations for the bank being put into existence. One was, like Jason said, uh, the bank has to be a private company. Two, and this is really important, and it'll come back into play here in a minute, uh, the bank is only going to have 20 years, basically, to start out with. So it's what's called a charter, and the bank was chartered for 20 years, 1791 to 1811. And then uh, after, that's if it gets approved. By the way, it does. Spoiler, sorry. In 1811, Congress is going to have to either approve or deny the bank's charter and getting renewed. And so because there's already a national bank during that time, no other national, federal, whatever you want to call it, bank would be approved. Uh, States, you know, go wild. Have all the states you want to have, but the federal government is only going to have one for the next 20 years. And then so... Another proposal is the bank, uh, so to make sure that there's nothing fishy about it, which, by the way, we already talked about how there was money being borrowed to pay for money that didn't exist. The bank is forbidden to buy government bonds. It has to have uh, the directors change up every uh, so often, so they had different terms for the directors, and they were not allowed to uh, put out more money or incur more debt than the bank was actually capitalized for. And um, capitalization is kind of a hard thing to explain, but if you watch Shark Tank, you'll understand it. Yeah, and some of the other provisions were that, uh, like we said earlier, um, people from other countries, they could be stockholders in the First Bank of the United States, but they were not allowed to vote. And the Secretary of the Treasury would be able to remove government deposits and take a look at the books and look at statements about the bank's condition as much as once a week. So the government wanted to make sure that all of this money, real or fake, that it was doing okay. That doesn't sound too unfamiliar to us these days, but how are you going to get money? And that's where Hamilton had this ingenious idea. And that was to have an increase on imported alcohol, uh, namely spirits. And they would put an excise tax on whiskey as well as other liquor. And that led to the Whiskey Rebellion, which we've talked about (laughs) before. Whoops. (laughs) We actually going, Alex. a thing. <laughs> so we mentioned a minute ago again that there's a lot of opposition. You've got Thomas Jefferson and James Madison leading the charge, saying this is unconstitutional. Uh, this is beneficial to certain people and not to others. We don't really care about taking on debts of states. That's stupid. We're from the South, and the South already has all our debts paid. So... No, forget about it. We're not going to establish this mint either. Uh, We're not going to centralize this power. No, it's not going to happen. Now, 
that's great that you oppose it and that you're being uh, what you believe is frugal, Jefferson and Madison. But unfortunately for them, uh, it wasn't entirely up to them, even though Jefferson is a powerful guy, he's secretary of state, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. There's all sorts of questions of constitutionality, and it goes on and on and on until finally it goes to Congress. So basically, you know, Congress doesn't really have the authority granted directly to them to make a decision like this. And so it goes to George Washington, the president, to decide. He gets to make the final decision uh, with some input from other people about whether or not there should be a national bank. Yeah. And keep in mind that this wasn't entirely controversial. There were certain aspects, at least when it came to Congress, where you would have the establishment of a national mint. That sounds good. We need to print money, right? Uh And it was that issue of constitutionality. And it just gets me because here you have the people who wrote the Constitution. They were arguing about the intent of the writers of the Constitution. So you have Thomas Jefferson and James Madison saying, hey, Congress, you have no authority to incorporate the bank. And Alexander Hamilton's like, this is totally constitutional. This is wonderful. This is exactly what the writers of the Constitution had in mind. And and TJ is like, uh, dude, no. And the same with Madison. You know, didn't these guys have something to do with the Constitution? Perhaps. But <laughs> but that whole role of states' rights versus a strong central government um, and original intent, it's nothing new. So after much debate and much consulting with the cabinet and lots of arguing back and forth about whether the Constitution they wrote allowed them to do this, on February 25th, 1791, um, Washington's like, okay, the Constitution definitely says I can do this. We're going to sign the bank bill into law. And uh, March 19th, just less than a month later, uh, Washington says, all right, we need to start getting subscriptions rolling for this bank. Let's do it and uh, sign some commissioners for the bank. So Hamilton's only around for a few more years as Secretary of the Treasury. And the new treasury... And the new Secretary of the Treasury, Oliver Wolcott Jr., comes in and says, you know what, um, we're going to need more money because our government finances are kind of in a bad spot. We can either sell off our shares or we can raise taxes. And I think we should we should definitely sell more shares. Congress is like, okay, let's go. Hamilton's like, no, come on. Um, you know, we could, we could keep going. We could make more money off those shares, et cetera. And uh, he lost. In 1811, the Senate votes, and uh, you know, remember this is when the bank's charter is up, and it's tied. So Vice President George Clinton, being the president of the Senate, Jason always likes to remind us, votes against renewal. And so the bank expires. You know, the bank just didn't disappear off the face of the earth. Uh, when it <laughs> when it expired in 1811, Stephen Gerard purchased most of the stock as well as the building and the chairs. I think he had to get a new subscription to Netflix. I don't think that was on the 
bankroll. His Wi-Fi didn't transfer time. over either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So I think he. I think he went with the cable company though. Oh, I don't yeah. think he was into the fiber optic thing. But uh, yeah, he um, took over the building and the furnishings. The building is still there on South Third Street in Philly, and the bank became known as the Gerard Bank. It also became known as Stephen Gerard's Bank, or even the Bank of Stephen Gerard. Go figure. So he was the sole proprietor of the bank and got around some issues with the whole banking deal going on in Pennsylvania. You still have these crazy deals where a bank can't just say, hey, I want to be in this state. And then, oh yeah, I want to be in this state as well. There's some, it's not easy to start a intrastate bank or interstate bank. In or cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some money. And um, <laughs> I, I guess that goes without saying that, right? It's a bank. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, you can go and visit that building right now. It is on the National Historic Register. It's actually part of the Independence National Historic Park. And until, oh, about 15 years or so ago, uh, it was used as offices and they were talking about having it um, house the Philadelphia Civil War Museum, but the funding fell through on that. And now they're talking about using it as a National Park Service archaeology lab. So I'm all about the archaeology deal because I don't know a whole lot about banks. But we're going to talk about it again because there's not just the first bank, there's the second bank, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of funny. No, we're not doing it. Okay, we're going to have to do it again. But we're going to leave that for the next episode. Um, I, I bet most of you, if you've been to Philadelphia, have walked around the First Bank of the United States uh, in some way, shape, or form, or you've seen it and just thought, oh, look, cool, a bank, uh, never realizing it was the bank. But that's all right. Next time, you'll look for it. You know what else you should look for is the link to our Patreon page. You can find it here in the show notes. You can also go over to electioncollege.com slash Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and join up. You can spend as little as 11 cents per episode, which is a dollar a month, to help support Election College. Uh, it's not free to make the show. And we really appreciate those of you who have contributed more. And uh, you can also bump up to a higher level and get a couple of extra episodes a month. You can uh, be part of our Facebook group and some upcoming promotions we're going to have, etc. So check it out at least, give it a look, and then uh, go from there. Yeah, a lot of cool and exciting things coming down the road. And one thing that would help the podcast, if you are not so inclined to help us monetarily is to help us with your heart. And you can do that by visiting iTunes. If you go to electioncollege.com slash iTunes, hit that subscribe button because that helps us go up in the ratings. And believe it or not, it's been a pretty good week and a half or so in the ratings. And yeah. I credit you, our awesome listeners, for doing that. So thank you. You can interact with us on social media at electioncollege on Instagram, Facebook, and that social network that is still there, Twitter. Thanks, everybody. 
We'll talk to you next time.